important is prayer to you personally. What I mean by that is, how important is prayer in your life? How important is the action and the attitude of prayer in your daily life? I did a search for the word pray in the Bible. And that word, or a form of that word, is used 316 times in the Bible. 166 times in the Old Testament, 150 times in the New Testament. Now, I'm going to give you a little comparison. So you're, I'm, you're, you might be like me. It's like, is that a lot? Is that a little? I mean, what is that? Well, forgive, or one of its forms, is used 109 times. So prayer, 316 times. Forgive, which we, we would consider a pretty big topic in the Bible, right? 109 times. Or how about grace? Grace is used 128 times. So prayer is used a lot in the Bible. And then I began thinking about, okay, well, there, there's times where Old Testament saints prayed, you know, but, but what about the command to pray? Well, in the New Testament alone, God commanded us to pray over 25 times. So there's over 25 different commands in the New Testament that call us to pray. So here are just a few examples. Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And then the verse that Rachel read this morning, the verses she read, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And one more, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is is working. So I think there can be little doubt that prayer is important to the Lord. And I think there can also be little doubt that the Lord instructs that prayer should be important in our lives. But is it? That's the question. Is prayer really an important part of our lives? Are we praying well, let's look at a little statistics. Several different polls indicate that around 60% of adults pray every day. And I read that. I was, I was encouraged. Every day, 60%. I mean, that seems to be a pretty good percentage. But then as you dig into these statistics, you see that, that only about 30% pray more than once a day. So 60% pray every day, but only about 30% pray more than once a day. And then if you begin taking mealtime prayers out and bedtime prayers, that number goes drastically down. And this is true even among faithful churchgoers. A number of surveys show that believers pray on average less than five minutes a day. Less than five minutes a day. Now, now, granted, there are times when we are praying more, no doubt. 
especially when someone we love is sick or hurt. But if we're honest, there are those times in our lives where either we're so busy or we just don't think about it, where there are times where we don't pray at all. Maybe that's days for you. Maybe that's weeks for you. But we're not praying as we should be praying. Now, I don't want this to be a guilt trip sermon. That's, that's not my intention. Because I know that guilt does not work. I understand that. It will work for maybe a day, right? If I just continue to guilt you into praying, you'll pray Monday. But in two weeks, you'll be right back to where you were. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at a few verses that talk about prayer and hopefully challenge us. The, the Spirit will use these verses to convict and challenge us to, to really increase our prayer life. Wherever you are right now, that these verses will challenge you and encourage you to, to just increase that, to amp up our prayer life. And so I'll be in Colossians Chapter 4, verses 2, 3, and 4 today. Only three verses. Colossians 4, verses 2, 3, and 4. If you don't have a Bible, there's a chair Bible somewhere around you. Page 985, page 985. Before I read this, I'm going to pray. So let's pray. God, we, we are so grateful. God, for who you are in our lives. God, as we come off of Christmas, the celebration of the birth of the Savior of the Christ, of, of the Lord, of the King of Kings, God, Emmanuel, God with us. We are grateful that it, your plan was to come into this world, putting on flesh so that you would die on a cross to save us, to bring us back to you. God, I thank you for that truth. And God, this morning, I, I, I pray that we will hear the scripture and we will be encouraged to, to fall to our knees more often, God, that we would see the impact prayer has and, God, we would be moved to pray. God, change us. Change our perspective. God, change our habits. Change our minds this morning through your word. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 4, beginning of verse 2, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So Paul starts this passage with an instruction. And the instruction here is continue steadfastly in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer. It's not a suggestion. Through the Holy Spirit, Paul is writing this. It is God's command. Prayer should be one of the top activities in our lives. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Another way to say that is we should be devoted to prayer. 
Indeed, the Greek word that's used there in that first verse, that verse 2, is, can be translated as devote. Several other translations translate it that way. The, the Christian Standard Bible, they translates it this way. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. And the NIV, some of you may be reading from the NIV this morning. That verse also reads, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We are to be devoted to prayer. Now, what does that word devoted mean? Well, that doesn't mean that all we ever do is pray. Right? Because that's not true. When we're devoted some, to something, that's not all we do. Right? We're devoted to our spouses, but we spend time away from our spouses. What that means is there should be a pattern and practice of prayer that shows a devotion, a commitment, a dedication, a persistence. It's kind of like this. It's like being devoted to sports. You know people that play sports, and then you know people that are devoted to sports. Or, or maybe it's a musical instrument. Like you, you know people that tinkered on the guitar, and then you know people that are devoted to playing the guitar. Right? Or maybe it's Facebook. Maybe that'll ring a bell. Right? Some of us are devoted to Facebook. Or how about coffee? I tried to start drinking coffee a while back, and it was a miserable failure. I am not devoted to coffee. But some are devoted to coffee, right? That means that they don't just drink a little bit. They don't just take a couple sips. No, they drink it multiple times a day. They're devoted to coffee. And they think about it a lot. They buy special equipment to make it. Right? They set up a coffee maker so that it's ready to go in the morning. They, they, they think about this before time, right? They go to bed and they're like, oh, I gotta set the coffee maker. That's devotion to coffee. On a mission trip, you find out real quickly who's devoted to coffee. It's the one that no matter how late we stayed up, no matter how hard we worked, they get up early so they can walk five blocks and get their cup of coffee. Or it's the one who packs a coffee maker in their luggage. We actually had that on a trip. This person was so devoted to coffee, they could not stand not having it, so they brought a coffee maker with them. Now, I get that. It's a silly example. It's a silly example of being devoted, but I hope you get the sense of it. I hope you get the idea. We're to be devoted to prayer. If you only pray when things go wrong... I don't think you can say you're devoted to prayer. Or if you only pray when you sit down and have a meal with your family, I don't think you can say that you're devoted to prayer. Or if you only pray that one or two sentence prayer before you close your eyes at night, I don't think that's devotion to prayer. Now, those patterns are important, and I think we should have them in our lives. But devotion means that our life is filled with prayer. It means that we're making preparations to pray. It means that we are getting up early to pray or staying up late to pray. It means that we pack 
our prayer journal when we go on trips so that we don't miss the opportunity to pray. We pray multiple times a day. We pray for short times. We pray for long times. See, that's the kind of devotion that Paul is talking about. Scripture calls us to be devoted to prayer. So what if we're not? What can we do? Well, here's what you can do. You can fight. You can fight to change. Seek to be different in 2021. You can do that. It's through the Holy Spirit, but we can fight to be different in our prayer lives. And I think that's what these verses are pointing us to. Ways to change. Ways to, to increase our prayer life. Our devotion to prayer. And so, first, notice the verse mentions being thankful. We, we've, we sang about being thankful. Rachel talked about being thankful. I think this is a great way. Having a thankful heart can lead us to a more devoted prayer life. Right? We, have, we have tons of things to be thankful for. We have blessing upon blessing. We have so many good things in our lives. And so I would say, cultivate this attitude of thanksgiving. When you see the things in your life, when you recognize those things in your life, they, they stop it and give thanks for those. Be in awe of God's gracious gifts, your family, and your friends, and, and, and your, your homes. Rachel even mentioned this in her prayer, that our cars are running. I mean, we, we, are, we have so many things to be thankful for. Food on the table, clothes on our backs, not to mention our church and our own salvation and Jesus Christ himself. And the list just goes on and on and on. And so here's the catch. See, recognize those things as gifts from God, be thankful for them, and let that move you to prayer. Let me give you an example. So, as you pull into your driveway and you see your home, we should be thankful that we have a place to lay our heads. We have a place that is air-conditioned, right? It's conditioned to the outside it's, it's not like the outside. It's different. We should be thankful for that. And as we are thankful for that, it can move us to prayer. God, let me use this house for your glory. God, may this house be filled with your word. May, may the children and the relatives that enter this house sense that Christ is alive here. I mean, you see that? You can be thankful for something God has given you, and then that can move you to have a devotion to prayer. Or maybe, maybe your children, right? We love going to watch our children play sports, right? We should be thankful that they can enjoy life, that they can run and, and dribble or shoot or block or tackle or whatever they do, hit a ball, yeah, we can be thankful for that, but that should then move us to pray for them. God, pray that they 
would share the gospel with their friends. Pray that that they would be a joy to others, that their Christ-likeness would shine into the dark halls of their school. You see how we can be thankful, we can have this attitude of thankfulness, and it can lead us into a life of prayer. Sure, be thankful for those things. Lift praises to God for those things, but then don't stop there. Then, Then take it into prayer. Being thankful. Maybe as you get dressed in the morning, I'm thankful for your clothes. And then that move you to begin praying. God, as, as, I, as I wear these clothes, God, remind me that I'm clothed in Christ. And let me be the light wherever I go today. You see how that, that thankfulness can move you to pray. Secondly, these verses mention being watchful. Being watchful, staying alert, keep your head up and focused. What a privilege we have, church, that we can take our needs, our concerns, our our cares to the almighty God. We just sang about how great he is, and yet he cares for us. He He desires to hear our needs. He desires to hear our concerns. And so we have this great privilege to take these things to Him in prayer. So look for those opportunities. Look for those opportunities to ask the Lord for what you need. Ask the Lord for what you desire. But I think this watchfulness is more than just that. This this watchfulness is, I think, is, is also tied to looking for when God answers our prayers. I think we're good at praying, but I don't think we're so good at at watching God answer those prayers. We need to be watchful about how God's moving through our prayers because God does answer. He does answer our prayers. And I think that's part of the problem. While, While we won't say it, our lack of devotion is because we often doubt anything will actually happen. We're not praying because we don't think God will do anything. I mean, if we're honest, that's oftentimes the, the reason we don't lift it up. If we saw immediate results of every prayer we prayed, we'd be praying a lot, right? God answers prayers. Just because we don't always see it immediately doesn't mean that those prayers are ineffective. God answers prayer. Listen to this. Matthew 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Do we believe that? God answers prayer. And so we need to be watchful in that. We need to cultivate this belief that our prayers are impactful, and that God really does answer them. And here's an idea of how we do that. This is just one idea. You may have others, 
But, but I would say keep a prayer journal. If you don't already do that, begin keeping a prayer journal. What does a prayer journal look like? Well, you keep a list of specific prayers. I'm not talking about the general prayers, Lord, keep us safe. Lord, bless us tomorrow. I'm talking about the specific prayers like John, who I'm praying for, my one. I want him to come into this door or come into the office today so I can speak to him about Jesus. That is a specific prayer. Pray specifically and write those down. And then when it happens, say, the Lord answered. He came into the office today, and I was able to share Christ with them. And, and what's that going to do? That's going to cultivate this kind of idea that God answers prayer. We need to see. We need to be watchful. And then that will move us to pray even more, right? Because when we see the Lord moving, then we're like, I'm going to ask my father for good gifts, and he's going to give them to me. So be watchful. Now, I want to caution us here because oftentimes our prayers are selfish. We pray to God so as to get more things to make us more happy. To fulfill our worldly desires. So oftentimes we use prayer kind of like our children use their wish list to Santa Claus. Right? Give me what I want so that I can be happy. That's not how we're supposed to pray. James 4.3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. So I want, thirdly, you to notice Paul's focus, his focus of his prayer. Look at verses 3 and 4. It says, At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Paul says, pray for us. But the content of his prayer is not for personal benefit. It's not for personal comfort. It's not for more things. That's not what Paul is asking for. Now, remember where Paul is when he's writing this letter. He is in prison. He's chained probably to a guard. He's, he's in jail. Now, typically in situations like this, we pray, Lord, get me out. Right? That's our prayer. Lord, open the doors of the jail and let me go free. Well, Paul prays for open doors it's just not to his cell. It's for the word. It's for the gospel that it may go out. It may spread. Paul asked that, that for prayers that the gospel would be boldly proclaimed and that it would be heard just as he ought to speak. How often are our prayers like this? See, I think most of the time our prayers are focused on ourselves rather than focused on what I would call the spiritual world. And I'm not saying you can't pray for delivering from terrible circumstances. Sure, pray for that. But I don't think that should be our focus. Our, our focus of our prayer shouldn't be about our comfort. I think it's interesting 
that a year after writing his letter to the Colossians, many scholars think that Paul was in the same jail and he wrote a letter to the Philippians about a year later. So he, he's in this jail for a year at least and he's writing a second letter. Listen to his, his letter to the Philippians. This is in Philippians chapter 1. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Do you get that? Paul says, Colossians, pray. Pray that that the word will go forth. Pray that that even in my imprisonment that the gospel will spread. And and now what, what he says is, Philippians, it happened. God did what we asked. All the guards have been told of Christ and others have been encouraged to boldly proclaim the gospel. I mean, isn't that amazing? He's in the same jail. And one, he's asking for prayer. Colossians, pray this way. And then the second one, he's like, oh, by the way, when people pray, there's a glorious impact. See, our prayers should be these, these kind of prayers, these, these spiritually focused prayers that God will use us and our circumstances to advance the gospel. I think it's interesting that most of our prayers are about our physical needs. Healing, food, meet our needs. But Scripture only instructs us to pray that way only a few times. I mean, if you look up what we're to pray about, only a few times does it talk about asking for our needs, asking for healing. More often we're told to pray about spiritual things. Pray that the Lord would send more workers into the harvest. Pray that people would be filled with the Spirit. Pray that God would grow us and grow others. Pray that the Lord would save people. Pray that we would fully understand the love of Christ. And over and over and over again. Again, it's not bad to pray for physical things. Pray for them. Pray for health and food and money. But we shouldn't limit our prayers to just that. Be broader in your prayers. Pray for the spiritual things of this world. Broaden the scope of our prayer. And a good way to do that is pray the Scriptures. You're going to be devoted to prayer? Pray the Scriptures. Pray what God says. And we will expand our desire to pray over and over again. So I I invite you, I challenge you, increase your devotion to prayer this year. In 2021, let's devote ourselves to prayer. Be thankful. Be thankful what God has given you and let that move you to pray and be watchful. Keep a journal. Keep a tab on on how God answers your specific prayers and let that encourage you to pray even more and then broaden your scope of prayers. Don't just pray for the health of your family and friends. Pray for the global going out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray that God would save people, that the Holy Spirit would revive people and change people. Pray the scripture. So we're going to end our time with the, with the time of silent prayer. I want you to take some time to pray this morning. 
And much like Rachel did at the beginning, I'm, I'm going to kind of guide you into some topics of prayer. Um, I'm going to give you a few areas, and I'm just going to pause and let you pray for a few moments, and then I'm going to move on to the next one. So if you would just bow for me, bow for a few minutes, we're going to pray together. So first is pray for whatever is heavy on your heart right now. Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's something troubling you and your family. Maybe it's a, 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 just a major life decision. I want you to pray to the God who answers and hears you right now. Secondly, let's pray that God would increase our devotion to prayer this coming year. That we would be thankful and watchful. Pray that God would cause you to pray more in 2021. Third, I pray that God would advance the gospel. Pray that the gospel would be heard, that it would be believed. It would be through missionaries, church members, whoever, that God would open the doors for the good news to be proclaimed. And then lastly... Pray that the Lord would cause us to be more and more like Jesus Christ. God, that we would turn from sin and turn toward Christ. God, we, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the spirit applying that word to our hearts, God, for conviction, for challenge. God, I pray that you would, you would move in our hearts and minds to, to increase our prayer life, God, that we would see that you desire to hear from us, God, and it's your great joy to give us what we ask for. God, I pray that we'd be thankful for the many, many blessings that you have given us, God, and that would move us to pray more. God, I pray that we'd be watchful. And God, I pray that we would pray not just for our needs, but God, for the spiritual needs of those around us. God, that we would pray kingdom prayers. God, that we would pray big prayers for your revival, for your spirit to come in a mighty way in this world. God, we love you. And we thank you for the gift and the privilege of prayer. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.